0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Spilling the Tea. Today we are going to dive into the world of birth control. I thought this was a lovely follow-on episode after our one on irregular cycles because I know so many of you went to your doctor with irregular periods and the kind of the the fix I'm going to say in inverted commas was going on the pill or going on some sort of birth control. So... Let's spill the tea. So let's dive into it. Let's spill the tea. Let's talk about birth control today. First thing I will say, and I always laugh about this because I think people think I am literally like anti-birth control, that I'm like, you know, take them down with fire and dragons kind of thing. Like, I'm so not against it. I think Birth control is amazing as a medicine for certain people. Like if you suffer with endometriosis or adenomyces or have very, very heavy periods, really extreme pain, it can be a really, really good treatment or kind of temporary fix for you. Um, also, it's amazing as a contraceptive. Like, let's not get that wrong. The reason it's so popular is because it works. And isn't it amazing that we actually have the... Um, ability to decide when we want to have kids as females like I do think obviously that's so empowering if we were in Ireland what even 50 years ago you'd be sneaking your pill into the house you know that way that it wasn't I don't even think it was legal this time say 50 60 years ago so we've come a long way so let's not diss it too much because obviously it does have its pros the problem is that we are not told about the cons and the first thing that I feel like it should be told the minute you sit down, you're in your doctors, they're talking about putting you on the pill, is they don't tell you, by the way, this is not a real period. And if you follow me, I'm sure you're aware of this by now, because I think I talk about it all of the time because it's so important that people know this. But a lot of people don't realize that a pill bleed is literally that. It's a withdrawal bleed from being on the pill or stopping the pill, I should say, a drop in the synthetic hormones. Whereas what our own period is, is what comes after ovulation. So it's like I always say the full stop at the end of the sentence, and the sentence is ovulation. And what ovulation means is it's how your body makes your hormones. Go back to episode one, if this is the first time you're listening, and we explain all of that. So you'll know what I'm talking about, all of my terminology now in this episode. Whereas a pill bleed, like I said, is a side effect of Birth control. So, this is so important because the amount of people who come to me and they're like, Oh, I used to have regular periods and then the pill fixed it. And I'm like, No, no, you had regular periods and then you went on the pill and completely switched off your hormones. And this is something, again, I don't think people realize that that is how the pill works because as a contraceptive, it stops you ovulating, i.e., no egg is there for you to get pregnant. If there's no egg, there's no baby, put it that way. And again, the problem with that is that, you know, this is how you make your hormones. So this is a major issue for a lot of women. And again, we're not told this because this can affect everything from your mood, your energy, your sex drive, your motivation. Like it really does shape everything. So I feel like, you know, we're not told these things when you're set down in your doctor's office and they're offering you Yasmin, who sends like one of your mates from across the road. Um, and you think, sure, everyone else is on it. Why not? This may sound dramatic, but when you were on birth control and you're not ovulating, you make the same level of hormones as your granny. Your granny, who is 90. Just think about that for a second. Imagine, you know, 17, 18 year old on the same hormones or the same level of hormones as someone in their 80s. So that's what I find shocking when it comes to birth control. It's like, how in God's name is a 2022? And this is the only or not even the only, but one of the main options that women are offered. So first thing, pill bleeds are not real periods. Second thing, the pill cannot regulate your period because it switches off your hormones. Third thing is the pill is not a fix for PMS and acne and heavy periods. It can be a temporary kind of cure, a temporary kind of, I don't know, plaster on a bleeding wound. But once you come off the pill, chances are you may need to address those issues because you're just, you haven't really got to the root of it. You're not saying, well, why do I have PMS? Why do I have acne? Why are my cycles irregular? lucky for you (laughs) all of my episodes are going to be covering all these topics so you know even if you're on the pill now you can go back and listen to my episodes or the episodes coming up and it might just give you more insight into kind of what went wrong and kind of what led you to being on the pill so you're able to go back and put a little plan in place for when you do want to come off it. One of the biggest things as well that I see I mentioned there a second ago will be heavy periods. So a huge kind of side effect or kind of a common thing I would see with clients who were put on the pill for heavy periods. And I know so many of you are going to be like, that is literally me, is you go on the pill and then you get constant spotting the whole time. Um, this is because the the oestrogen from your environment is still being brought into your system and that is actually causing your uterine lining to thicken and it's still causing heavy periods. So again, go back to episode one, if you don't know what I'm talking about, but basically the short version is that oestrogen makes your period grow. And you haven't addressed why your period is heavy. All you've done is just take the pill, but the uterine lining is still thickening from all these kind of external factors. So super, super important to address that if you are constantly getting spotting because it drives you mad. Like, let's be real. Like, you know, that way it's just constantly spotting, regardless of it just being annoying. It can really drain you. Like I've seen clients who their iron levels have got really low from this um, the whole time. So just be really, really careful of that. Okay, so we've talked about what the pill doesn't do. Let's talk about what they don't tell you about the pill. This is another thing I am like, terms and conditions should be like, By the way, the pill actually can deplete our nutrients, specifically your B vitamins. And when I say B vitamins, think energy, mood, anxiety, PMT. That's that's what they're for. Magnesium it depletes, which is like your chill, your sleep. It's really good for constipation. It's really good post-workout. And zinc is the other one that gets severely depleted when you were on the pill. And your zinc is your key for things like wound healing. So if you were listening and you literally you get a paper cut in a air for six years, <laughs> that can often be zinc deficiency. Or even just something as basic as a breakout, you might find okay, my breakout was two weeks ago, but I still have these really really red marks on my face. Like my skin doesn't heal properly. That can be zinc deficiency. If you have weak nails and kind of not great hair, it can be zinc deficiency. And I've mentioned already in my um, podcast on acne how important zinc is for skin, especially suffering acne, obviously. And when you come off the pill, I would say zinc is the key thing here for managing like post-pill acne, post-pill hair loss, and the pill depletes your zinc absorption. So you're such a vicious cycle. It's literally like the one thing your body needs the most has been deficient. So in an ideal world, I'm always like, how amazing would it be if you were, say, you did go on the pill and then your GP was like, okay, and these are the supplements that you need to take to make sure that you're not deficient or pop into the nutritionist next door and she'll tell you what you need to do using diet and foods and everything else. So, I mean, in theory, that just sounds like the best option. And um, The other thing that the pill does is it depletes your gut health. So when we talk about gut health, I do not just mean bloating, constipation, reflux. And I think that is the biggest misconception because I have so many clients who are like, I actually poo every single day. I'm never bloated. I'm grand. But your gut has loads of other functions. And the two major ones that people don't realize is number one, 80% of your immune system is the lining of your gut. And when I say immune system, I don't just mean colds and flus and tonsillitis and chest infections. Like obviously that is part of it. But the other thing is something is basic. Let's go back to acne for a second. Like when you get a breakout, it's like your body should be like, lads, fire. Let's go put that out. Or like the paper cut that doesn't heal or really bad period cramps. This is all your immune response. Your body should see that happening and go put out the fire straight away. And what can happen is... If your gut levels aren't optimal, that doesn't happen. And literally your body's literally just watching the ice burn down and it can't help you. So your gut health is yes, definitely digestion. Second thing is your immune system. And last but not least is your mood. This is something that just kept me awake at night over the years because I am like, why were we not taught this in school? That your happy hormones, so especially one called serotonin, which is that feel good hormone is made in your gut. So what that means is some people might have no digestive issues. They're actually never sick. They never get period cramps. They never get acne, but they're very, very anxious or they're extremely down or they suffer with depression. In in that case with my clients, the first thing I actually look at is gut health. And I cannot tell you the difference that people come back to me after, say, being on probiotics and supporting gut health for even six weeks, how different they feel when they're actually making their happy hormones. So it's so much more than just digestion. And the pill depletes our gut health. So over the years as well, like it's fine, you know, if you're owning the pill for a short amount of time. But some people take the pill, like say like one pill every day for 10 years, like, girls, that's going to add up, you know, that kind of way. And I'm kind of saying, imagine you kill off five probiotics every day or five healthy gut bacteria every day. It does add up over the years. And I've seen a lot of people who they're grand at the start and then all of a sudden they're late 20s, they're developing IBS or their mood is really bad or they're constantly sick. And I know so many of you are literally like, that is actually me a T. So I actually have a supplement pack on my online shop on aoknutrition.com, and it's called the Pill Pack. And in the pill pack, I have B vitamins that we've just mentioned. And in the B vitamins, they actually have magnesium as well. I have zinc and I have a probiotic. And all of my clients, if any of my clients are listen to this and they're on the pill, they will know this is like non-negotiable. I am like, if you were on the pill, you were taking these supplements. And, you know, you don't have to buy the ones from our shop. Like they're just the brands that I have in the clinic. Like any good B vitamins, zinc and a probiotic will do the job. But I think, you know... You have to throw water on the fire. If it's a decision that you want to be on the pill, then you have to be aware of the side effects from it. And supporting the body and taking supplements, I think is really, really important here. The other major side effect of the pill, and this is just so ironic, is it reduces your sex drive or your libido. And girls, let me just kind of set the scene here for a second. You start having sex, you don't want to get pregnant, you go to the doctor and you get the pill. And what happens then? You don't have sex anymore. <laughs> so I'm always like the pill is almost like a doubled up contraceptive because yes, you don't get pregnant, but also you never have sex, which is obviously not ideal. And this is something again, they don't really talk about that much, but the amount of girls who come to me and one of my questions on my consultation sheet is actually low libido. When everyone, you know, you take the boxes of things that you're coming in with and um I have so many girls in their 20s who should be like, you know, that prime of their sex life and having a ball and experimenting and doing anything that they want. And they don't want to have sex. And because what's happening is you're after switching off your hormones. So, in that situation, it's so important women realize it's not you. It could possibly actually be the pill because you don't ovulate again, like I said, and ovulation during that time, you do actually get an increase in sex drive. So, you know, the only kind of motivation you have when you're on the pill is literally your own drive. And when you've had a mad week in work and you're tired and like you've loads going on, it's the last thing in your head that you're probably thinking of, where at least, even though that might be the case as well, you know, during when you're not on the pill, you do get that little boost of your hormones throughout the month. So it kind of just gives that extra little, you know, pep in your step almost. Um, The other thing that's really, really common as well, again, not spoken about, is the pill can reduce your, uh, your basically, your cervical mucus. So it can actually cause vaginal dryness. Like, girls, I know so many of you are like, jaws on the ground being like, what? Why did nobody tell me this? And you think there's something wrong or you're like, you know, with your partner and you're like, I do want to have sex, but obviously it seems like you don't. And it can make things uncomfortable. So these are the terms and conditions why we are not told this before we go on the pill. The last thing I'll say about this which I always just think is gas. Imagine all the symptoms I mentioned there. So sex isn't as good, low libido, increased anxiety, low mood, poor gut health, reduced immune system. Now imagine you told a lad, right here's a pill. Take this every day. Sure everyone's doing it. It's normal. Take it every day and Um, these are the side effects like DMS do you think they would actually take that (laughs) we'd all be pregnant in about 10 minutes (laughs) because they actually wouldn't do it so it's funny how women just accept these things Um, and like you know tell your boyfriend your partner the other half to listen to this episode when they're standing there like I don't want to wear a condom like are you for real like that is your, your main complaint you are literally switching off your hormones like your 90 year old granny so it's just important to kind of way of the pros and cons and make sure that you may be feeling these symptoms on the pill and at least you know now that it might not just be you, it might be these um, synthetic hormones affecting your mood and everything else. So what I thought might be helpful for you is if I go through the different types of birth control and just kind of explain how they work. Because again, it's just like, here's a pill, see you later. And you actually don't really know. So the first one is probably the most common, which is the combined pill. And this has two hormones. You have synthetic oestrogen and you have a synthetic progesterone. And this completely stops ovulation. It's the one where you kind of take the week break from it. You get a pill bleed. Um, Usually people with family history of either... um, like cardiovascular disease, like high blood pressure, strokes, things like that, or else uh, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, estrogen-based contraceptives are not recommended. Even endometriosis, I would never recommend an estrogen-based contraceptive. So just keep that in mind if there is family history of any of those conditions. Surely your GP is normally on the ball with that anyway. But just to say it here too, just in case people don't realize. Um, And that's the most common one. And the other really misconception about the combined pill is you don't actually have to take a week break. As far as I know, now, this is something I read ages ago, is that the reason you have the week break, going back to like Catholic Ireland, where again, the pill was like literally taboo, like contraceptive was you're going to be burned at the stake if you were on it. And um, it's so people didn't know that you were on it. So like you still got like a fake bleed. But in theory, you, there's no reason for that bleed. Like it's not actually ovulation. You don't have to. That's why you can kind of take your pill back to back if you want to. Um, so that is the combined pill. The second one that's quite common as well in this is the ring and the patch. The ring and the patch are also combined contraceptives. They work the exact same way as the contraceptive pill by switching off ovulation, stopping your hormones. They have estrogen and they have progesterone. So if we are talking about combined pill, you can kind of put the ring and the patch in with these, in with this as well. The second kind of form, which is um, common as well, will be the mini pill and the implant. Now, these only have one type of hormone in them, which is called progesterone. Now, gals, do not get this synthetic progesterone confused with our absolutely beloved Mother Nature stunning hormone, progesterone. So our progesterone that we make after we ovulate is really calming. It's amazing for mood. It's um, anti-helps with heavy periods. It's really good for things like cramps and sore boobs and acne stunning it is it's the most amazing hormone I always say if I could bottle it I would <laughs> but progesterone on the other hand and even your GP will probably say oh it's progesterone only medication that they they call it progesterone but it's spelled differently it's a completely different word it's a completely different hormone and the one in kind of things like the mini pill and the marina coil, which I come to in a second and the implant is and actually the depot as well <laughs> I'll come back to all these in a second But the hormone in this doesn't make you calm. It doesn't, you know, help your skin. It doesn't give you all those amazing kind of side effects. The main thing it can do is um, it acts more like testosterone in the body. So what that means is it can give you more oilier skin. It can cause hair loss. It can cause acne. It can cause water retention. Um, I personally have seen an increase in anxiety in clients on the progesterone only medication especially the marina coil so the terms conditions marina coil might just be very very wary of it if you suffer with depression or low mood or anxiety um but basically the yeah the progesterone only mini pill the implant um it works by basically like impairing your cervical mucus so like let's say sperm needs that mucus to kind of can pull it up into the uterus um and it also um yeah, impairs your cervical mucus and it changes your uterine lining. So the uterine lining has to be really, really thick and nice and cozy. So an egg can implant. So let's say sperm happens to get to the uterus, which it won't, even if an egg did implant and you did get fertilized, there's nothing for that to kind of get snuggled into and for pregnancy to start. So that's how it works. And most of the time on the mini pill and the implant, ovulation actually stops as well. It's not really meant to stop, but generally people don't really ovulate on it. Um, Spotting is so, so common for people on um progesterone only medication. And I know so many of you are like literally bane of my life listening to this now. Um, go back to the first episode, you'll understand why you're getting heavy bleeds. Um, It's from too much oestrogen and you've just completely put a bleeding or what's it called put a plaster in a bleeding wound. You haven't addressed why your periods are heavy. So go back and listen to that episode and I'll explain a little bit more for you. The next one, which I just mentioned, is the Marina Coil. And this is literally like a rod, like not a copper rod, but a a little small rod is the only thing I can describe it, like T-shaped bar that goes into your cervix and um, it releases Low dose of progesterone or progesterone. Sorry, I'm saying it myself there. Um, over the course of having it in, most people get it in. I think it's for three years, possibly five, but I think it's actually three. Um, and again, it works the same. So, it changes your cervical mucus. Um, it changes the uterine lining. Most women, which I find really interesting, um, they normally. So ovulation normally stops at the start when you get the marina coil because your body's basically like, what the freaking hell is this object in me? (laughs) And it will stop ovulation. But generally after about a year on the marina coil, a lot of women actually do start ovulating again, which is amazing because I've just actually talked about the importance of ovulating for the first 10 minutes of this podcast. So imagine we actually can have a contraceptive, but we start ovulating again. I mean, that is the absolute goal. But again, like just be careful because the mood can be affected, oil your skin, acne, water retention, swelling, like those things can be side effects of the marina coil. The marina is actually an amazing treatment or kind of, I don't know, helpful therapy for at the start, like I mentioned, endometriosis, people with severe period issues, very, very heavy bleeding. It can actually be like a new lease of life for a lot of women. So like imagine they're on the Marina coil, they start ovulating again. Like in best case scenario, like that would be a good contraceptive, and it's definitely up there with kind of the best of a bad bunch. I would say. Then we have the Depo, girls. If I could give you one piece of advice, I would say avoid this at all costs. Go on to my Instagram. I actually have um, a post on my page on the depot Injection. And I just ask people to comment and like, give me your experiences. And they're literally like horror stories underneath. Now, I don't be freaking people out either. But again, this is something we should be told how it works. So it's an injection of that progesterone hormone. Again, works the same, switches off ovulation, changes cervical mucus. Um, But... One of the side effects of this is it can reduce your bone density and long term can, this can cause brittle bones. Can you imagine your 40-year-old self being like ashing you little bitch, <laughs> getting that injection so you can have sex and now I have brittle bones of 40. Like, you know that you really need to think about is that actually worth it for what a bit of sex like are we actually mad <laughs> but usually as well like you wouldn't have the depot in longer or you wouldn't have the depot injections longer than about I think it's three years max that a doctor will give it to you for and it's normally the contraceptive that takes the longest for ovulation to kick back in once you stop taking it. So it can take up to nearly six to eight months for your period to come back after stopping the depot injection. So just keep that in mind as well, especially if you're planning and having babies. You know, give yourself a good year, I would say, at least um, after stopping the last injection of the depot. Now, last but not least, or one of the last ones, we have the non-hormonal options and the first one I'm going to talk about is a copper coil and I actually have a post on this as well on my page and have a little look and see I find this one gas and the thing about this is guys like I can't give any of my own opinions on this because I haven't used any of these contraceptives but the copper coil literally when I put up a poll saying like love or hate it it is always like 50 50 people are either traumatized and they're like never again or people are like, it was actually stunning and changed my life and love it. So quite interesting in that sense. And the other really interesting interesting thing as well is it seems like, so certain women were given painkillers or kind of like almost like numbing kind of painkillers before they got inserted. Where other people were just like, yep, yeah, legs up, open your legs, there you go. And they seem to obviously be the ones that are a little bit more traumatized by it. So, you know, if you are thinking about getting it, make sure you sit and chat with your GP or wherever you're getting it done. And ask about the process and if these painkillers like for me I think I'll actually need to be sedated like you know I'd be like if I ever get knocked out I'd be like right put in the copper coil <laughs> while I'm asleep I don't think I'd be able for it now so fair play to you who, who get it done or get it put in Um, the pros of the copper coil is it's non-hormonal so again copper rod into the cervix and it works by impairing sperm it basically kills sperm so they're getting in and they're not going to get very far so it's super effective as a contraceptive now obviously it can have side effects like everything else. One of the major ones is that, you know, you'd hear quite commonly is it can cause heavy periods. Um, now, the fascinating thing, well, I think is fascinating, but I'm obviously a nutrition nerd, um, but hopefully you will as well. So um, the fascinating thing about the copper coil is copper and zinc compete for absorption. And when you have the copper coil in, it's very likely or it's very common for zinc levels to go down. And in saying that, when I see someone with heavy periods, my go-to supplement will be zinc. Zinc works on your immune system. It's anti-inflammatory. It's really, really effective for heavy periods. So I think that a lot of the copper coils, kind of the tails of it, you know, making your periods heavy could be because these people are low in zinc. And again, if any of my girls, any of my clients are listening to this today, they'll know like non-negotiable, you were on the copper coil, you were taking your zinc. Um and like that for as long as you're on it you need to take it so that's super super important if anyone is on the copper coil go out tomorrow and get your zinc and um, probably no more than 10 milligrams a day is all you'll need now little kind of red flag for anyone who is vegan or low in iron or kind of prone to being low in iron the problem is zinc and iron compete for absorption So you obviously don't want to take too much zinc and then knock off your iron. So it is a little bit of a minefield. And I do think this is actually one of the biggest side effects or it's not side effects. One of the downfalls of the copper coil is just trying to get that balance right. So just to keep that in mind. And um, the other thing that's kind of reported with the copper coil is an increase in things like BV, bacterial vaginosis. And guys, if you've had it, like I've seen lines and they're just tormented with it. Um, thrush can be quite common as well. So in that scenario, I would say like focus on like vaginal health, which means like take probiotics. Be careful of your sugar intake. Like a lot of the time it's got to do with kind of your levels of healthy bacteria aren't strong enough. Otherwise, every single person who was on the copper coil would get things like thrush and BV. So that's a little bit more manageable because it's kind of your body rather than the copper coil causing it, if that makes sense. So yes, that is the copper coil. Last but not least, we have natural cycles. And again, I have a highlight on my page on natural cycles. And I've mentioned this, I think was it in the first episode um, if you've listened every single week you'll know which one I'm talking about anyway I can't remember which one it was but basically what Natural Legas is a short version now is it is a, a way of tracking your cycle by taking your body temperature. Now this is very, very different to like your flow app and your period trackers who it's like you're ovulating today. Girls do not use them as contraceptives. They are only guessing based on your last cycle. But like they don't know that you've had a mental month and you skipped your period or skipped ovulation or that you haven't eaten properly or you were out in a three-day bender and your body skipped ovulation. Like it's only guessing based on your last periods. Just be super careful of the apps. Whereas natural cycle is based on your body temperature it's literally based on science like this is an FDA approved contraceptive and your body temperature dips and then it increases after you ovulate so the way it works is you get up every single morning take your body temperature you log it in like the app that comes with it and over about maybe takes about eight weeks it learns your cycle so it gives you like your red days your green days it will say like use alternative contraceptive today um, and it's a really, really good method, I think, for people who are in kind of like long-term relationships, don't want to be on contraceptives, like, you know, I kind of think if you're in college, it's probably not ideal because you, um, if you have late nights or like if you're night shift workers as well, it probably wouldn't be great for you either. Um, if you are up late at night, like coming in four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning kind of thing, which we all did in college. You have to omit that result because your body temperature is different. You're going to bed at different time. So I think if you're kind of in steady relationship and you don't work nights, definitely look into natural cycles. Um, One little thing I always find so interesting: I'll ask clients, "What birth control do you use?" And they go, "Oh no, I'm not. I don't use birth control. I just use condoms." Right. I find that mentality really interesting because we don't consider condoms birth control when they are completely. That's actually what they do. So that is an option as well for all of us. And again, for the lad who doesn't want to use it, make them listen to this episode and, you know, they might think twice about it then again. So just keep that in mind. I think it's this mentality of they don't work or changes the feeling or whatever it is. Like, again, you have to weigh up the pros and the cons if it means... You probably actually have more sex, actually, as well, if you're not on the pill, like, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, just a little thought at the end. OK, so I'm going to look at my clueless queens and um, all the questions I put up on my box on Instagram. If you don't follow me, it's AOK Nutrition. Um and what I'll do is so obviously I can't answer like I've gotten literally hundreds of questions which is great thank you so much but obviously I can't answer them all so my recommendation is make sure you follow me so that I always go back after the episodes and I'll answer the questions again um so let's have a little look so first question is can the pill mask PCOS and if on the pill will hormonal bloods be accurate so one hundred percent any kind of hormonal issues like if you had irregular periods and again. I literally did an episode on a regular cycle. So go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Um, the pill does not get to the root cause. So regular periods can be, you know, too much testosterone, which is PCOS. It can be due to stress. It can be thyroid. It can be low iron. Um, so definitely the pill masks these issues 100%. And the second thing is because the pill switches off your hormones, there's no way of telling the root cause. So if someone comes to me and they were put on the pill, again, inverted commas, to regulate their cycle, which we know it doesn't, um, I have no way of knowing what what was the cause pre-pill. So it's very hard to put a plan in place about knowing that. So what I kind of do with clients is just help them support hormones. I like get the basics right first, get them to come off the pill. And then I normally say wait about three months post-pill before getting bloods done. So that's just really important. And if you have got bloods done over the years, being on the pill, they are null and void, completely inaccurate. Um, and I just mean the hormone ones there. I don't mean like your iron, your B12 and thyroid, they will be fine. It's just like obviously the ones linked with um hormones and ovulation. Um, Another question, I get this so much, and I think some women get really concerned is, is there any evidence or studies on whether birth control affects fertility if taken for a long time? The really interesting thing I think about this as well is our generation girls are almost like the first ones to do this I think we're almost like the guinea pigs because like my mom wasn't on the pill for 15-20 years like and I'm sure most of your moms weren't either so we're this first generation of women who have you know we're put on the pill to mask issues when they were younger and now you know, might have a lot of fertility issues in their 30s. Now in saying that, this does not mean the pill affects your fertility. Like if you just went on the pill because you didn't want to get pregnant, you had no side effects, you were absolutely fine. For those women, I'd be like, you're probably grand, you're probably going to come off it and you'll probably get your period back straight away. The one thing I will say is be careful of nutritional deficiencies, like I mentioned there. So, you know, the pill pack, like I said earlier on, I always recommend taking something like that, so your B vitamins, your zinc and probiotics for at least three months before coming off the pill and then maybe three months after the pill then as well, just to make sure your levels are almost topped up because your cells in your body regenerate like every three months. So just think about it that way. You just want to make sure you're super healthy. So if you're coming off the pill to get pregnant, give yourself at least kind of three months. Um, But going back to that question again, let's say you were put in the pill and you had PCOS or you would no periods and you never addressed it. In those situations, it could possibly affect fertility like indirectly because you've never addressed it. So, you know, I had an episode last time with Shona who talked about coming off the pill and she lost her period for 100 days. She would no cycle. So imagine that situation, like, and it actually took nearly a year for cycles to regulate properly. So imagine she came off and like, okay, let's get pregnant next month. And then she would no period for a year. So, you know, it's something just to take into consideration as well. Okay, I have another good question here. Birth control and migraines. How to avoid, what do I do? So the first thing I will say is if you were getting a migraine on your pill break, this is a side effect of the pill. Girls, you've no idea the amount of women I have seen who've come to me for this reason. And we've done the consultation, I've kind of given them my little spiel, my little two cents and how the pill works and they're like, "Fuck that, I'm coming off it. They come off the pill and they don't have migraines anymore. Because it was a side effect of the stopping your pill for the few days, or a lot of the time, progesterone-only medication can sometimes cause migraines. So just keep that in mind. Like if you're experiencing negative side effects on that, pill bre- on that pill break, that is a side effect of a withdrawal from the synthetic drugs that you're putting into your system. I know it sounds so dramatic, but that's what it is. It's withdrawals from steroid drugs. Like so, a lot of the time, migraines can be caused by that. If you are a sufferer of migraines in before your period and you're not on birth control, we are looking at low progesterone here. And again, go back, listen to episode one, explain all of this so perfectly so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And that is a really, really easy fix once you know how to support it. So we have a really interesting question here from Dan from Primal Podcast, who's recording this right now. And it says, someone told me that my face was great birth control. What does this mean? sorry just had to put it in there. (laughs) Um, Okay really good question here is um, my pill was discontinued so I was given the generic one apparently the same thing but I felt I reacted completely differently my anxiety anxiety is so much worse gut problems what is going on is this actually possible. So a really interesting thing again I'm a big loser and I think it's interesting but you might too (laughs) is the pill contains lactose and lactose is in milk that's where you're going to find it the most well that's where you only find it so if you find that you get bloated from protein shakes or protein bars drinking milk cream cheese that kind of stuff um, it can generally be from the lactose and so many people know and I wouldn't go near milk that would make me so bloated and yet you might be taking the same pill every single day with lactose in it so a lot of clients I see they have digestive issues you know, they might be like, oh, I have digestive issues five years. And I'm like, okay, cool. And how long are you on the pill? And they're like, five years. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Never seen that link. No. And they just never thought about it because no one ever told them this might be a possible side effect. So the lactose can definitely affect um, your uh, your gut health. So for situations like this, they might be the same hormones, but the levels might be slightly different in them. They might not be like identical or certain pills may have more lactose than others. So just look into that. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I want to keep it super informative. So it just means down the line, if you're deciding to go on on birth control, you can come back and listen to this again and decide what are the best options for you, because this is what it is, guys, at the end of the day it affects everyone differently. Some people might be listening to this being like, that never happens to me. I'm never anxious. My sex drive is amazing. I have loads of cervical mucus. (laughs) And good for you. That's brilliant. But it's just kind of making the awareness out there. So everyone has all the facts. Um, Don't forget, if you're a podcast listener, you are going to get 10% off my online shop on aoknutrition.com. So you can go on, have a little look at the pill pack on there. Um, And I would love if you could like this episode or subscribe on Spotify just so you don't miss them because Instagram can be a disaster sometimes with the algorithm. So at least you won't miss any episodes and I will chat to you in the next one.